like to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where I bring on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share their top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at Ask Adam Torres. Keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Uh, and as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Rebecca Horan on the line. She's the owner and brand strategist over at Rebecca Horan Consulting. Uh, Rebecca, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Adam. I'm glad to be here. So I'm excited to have you on here. I'll, I'll just be up front. The um, brand strategy um, episodes do really well, and I think a lot of the reason is there's a lot of entrepreneurs and executives listening to this that need help with their brand, or maybe they've gone down a certain route and they, they're not quite satisfied. So I'm excited to get into more about what how you're helping your clients. Uh, but before we do that, let's get into your background a little bit more. How did you get started in business? Sure. Um so I I was not one of those entrepreneurs who hated working in the corporate world or who couldn't mm. work in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually did work in that world for quite a long time. And, um, you know, I always had in the back of my mind that I would start a business, but all along I thought it would be a product-based mm. business. And I, I can talk a little bit more about that. Mm-hmm. Um in a bit, but, you know, I started my career in book publishing, doing marketing for Penguin Books and um, spent almost a decade doing that. And I started to get a little bored. So I went back to school to get an MBA and sort of find myself, if you will. Um, and that's, I realized that I, marketing still was where it's at for me, but there was a special area that really kind of combined marketing and business strategy, and that was brand planning or brand management mm-hmm. or brand strategy. Um, and so that's what I studied in business school. And, you know, I, I did some work at, over at Unilever where I really got to put it into use. Um, and then our first daughter was born, and I took a little time off. And when I restarted my career, I actually went over to work at NYU Stern um, doing, you know, handling a lot of marketing for them and admissions. And I also got to have a bit of a hand in branding the executive MBA program. So that was great. Um, and I stayed there for about six years. And then our second daughter was born and we moved just outside of New York City and I decided it was time to resign. And that is sort of when the next stage took off. Um, I was trying to figure out, you know, what I wanted to do next. And every now and then I'd get a call from my former employer saying, you know, new positions opening up here. And I just wasn't (laughs) ready to go back. (laughs) I was like, no, no, not yet. (laughs) Um, And then one day they posed the question to me, would you be interested in consulting with us? Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) That's when the light bulb kind of went off for me. And I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is something I could do. And I always sort of avoided the idea Mm -hmm. of having a service-based business. the reason being because I would have to put myself out there rather than just mm-hmm. being kind of the behind the scenes person, right? But this sort of gave me the kick in the pants <laughs> that I needed. Um, so here I had a really huge client and, there, you know, there was just no reason not to launch my business. And that's how it all got started. Um, wow. 
that's, yeah. that's amazing. And I love the fact that you brought up um, a, um, a couple of good points about uh, I worked in the corporate world. I liked working in the corporate world. And, um, you know, circumstances and other things took you out of it. And then you kind of organically turned into an entrepreneur. Um, and, and, and it's also super interesting that you thought you'd have a product and instead you became the product, right? Right. <laughs> There's a lot of, uh, so I, if you're, um, I, I'd like to talk specifically about that because I don't often get somebody on the show with that exact history, but I know there's some people out there that are in the exact same, um, situation. So maybe they worked for a large company for a long time and now they find themselves, in a position to where they are the product. They may not have been a, you know, consulting or anything of that nature in the past. Um, They just did great work. And because of that, they have a couple clients and now they're in the same spot. Um, So what, what, what kind of advice would you give that person to really making that transition? Cause I know that's not easy. It's not easy. Um, And for me, you know, it just sort of came in a natural place, right? I, you know, we're, we had a new baby and, you know, I was back at home, but it's a really difficult leap to make. And the reason I even brought it up is because <laughs> so many of us are used to being behind the scenes people, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And not, not wanting to take the spotlight necessarily, not wanting to, you know, be out front in the business and, and marketing ourselves as, mm-hmm. like you said, as the product. Um, I think it's a really uncomfortable thing for a lot of people. And so, you know, I, my advice is to just, <laughs> you got to get over that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's easier said than done, obviously, but it's, if you're doing really great work, you need to learn how to position it and package it up um, so that other people can see that. And again, it's something that if you're, you know, if you're kind of shy or even just an introvert um, or very modest, you know, it can be feel sort of impossible to put yourself out there um, as the brand. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's very important. And I, that's something that I, I help a lot of people with. I, you know, some of my clients are pretty comfortable with it. They've been doing it for a while, but they don't really have a strategy behind it. And others are just deeply uncomfortable with it. And so we're just kind of taking baby steps and getting them, getting themselves out there in front of an audience and learning what to say and what to talk mm-hmm. about and, you know, what makes sense. Yeah, but, no, yeah, it can definitely yeah. be tricky. I think that's a, I think that's a great uh, transition. Let's talk more about what you're doing as uh, owner and brand strategist over at Rebecca Haran Consulting. Um, what kind of clients are you helping and what exactly are you helping them with? Sure. I would say the majority of my clients are service-based business owners, mm-hmm. um, but I also have some product-based businesses that I work with, and I also work with professionals in the corporate world who, you know, have moved their way up the ladder and are realizing that they need a personal brand. Um, so I work with people in, in a number of different capacities, um, but the process for all of those is really similar. So, you know, I'll talk about the, um, the where I said the majority of my clients are, which is the service-based business owners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We work on purpose, so establishing their mission, their vision, their brand values. Um, people is the next of the P's. You'll see where I'm going with the, <laughs> the P's. 
Um, mm-hmm. So who are the people on the other side of what you're doing? You know, who are the ones you're serving? Who are you speaking with? And I re- go really deep into the psychographics. So I like to actually interview my clients' clients. Um, that's where, you know, a lot of the gold is found in terms of completely understanding your market and what they think of you also. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk, we go over the promise. So, you know, how are you delivering on your brand promise? What is your positioning? What makes you different and unique than what feels like millions of other people <laughs> who are doing what mm-hmm. you do? You know, sometimes it feels that way. So what is it about you that is really unique and how are you doing things differently? Um, your brand persona. So really nailing down that tone of voice that's going to be consistent everywhere you are. Um, your brand personality, your brand archetype. This is one of those things where people, um, you know, especially if it's a, a personal brand and you're the brand, it's easy to say, oh, just be yourself. You are the brand, but I'm a big believer in being strategic about it. Being strategic does not mean being inauthentic. It's just being intentional about what you're bringing to the table in terms of your own brand. So that's something that we work a lot on. And then also, finally, presence. And that's like, how are, how are you showing up in the world across all social media, your website, your customer interactions, your employee interactions with your customers, uh, your brand visuals, the colors, is everything in alignment in your messaging. And so making sure that it all comes together in a way that's really cohesive and consistent. No, this is great. And um, I, I think one of the most interesting things, especially with social media and where we're at now, is that you don't really have a choice um, whether or not you want to have a personal brand if you're leading a, any organization of size. Um, you can think you do, but I like to always say somebody else is creating your brand for you. Um, perception, but if you put it this way, if you don't have any social media, that's a choice. That means that exactly. you, you, you've chosen not to. So not making a choice is a choice. And people, your clients, other people will look at it like, why doesn't this person have any social media? Are they hiding something? Yeah. It, they, some people will have that perception. Are they hiding something? Why can't I find this person? Or when I do find this dated, it's dated. It's a it's a um, a media piece that was done ten years ago. That's the only thing I can find of them online. Have they done anything in the last ten years? Am I with the right firm? Somebody else just called me, and I can find everything I want to about them online. Do I feel more comfortable working with this person versus the person I've been with for a long time? I just realized I don't really know much about them. Yeah. Um, so I, I, this yeah, is huge. <laughs> um, so what do you? Where do you think? Where do you think? Uh, and I hope that everybody listening to this takes like and think about this has just happened in the last ten years. What's going to happen in the next ten years? Like, <laughs> like if you don't, if you're not working on this now, um, you can't just you don't just catch up. You can't just create ten years of content in a, in a month or in a year because you hired somebody new. You really have to be diligent and start thinking and planning methodically now um, and continuing to manage that brand. Um, if, if you're the head of an organization, and even if you're not the head of an organization, um, if I could have you talk a little bit on what do you think about employees and people that are uh, now the idea of climbing the corporate ladder, I think is really tied also to your personal brand. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. So going back to what you said a little bit earlier, you know, mm-hmm. you have, 
a personal brand, whether you know it or not, and whether you like yeah. it or not, <laughs> you have a brand because that it is what people think of when they think of you. So that's there. You know, social media is huge now. Who knows what's going to be the next thing in 10 years? But that's just sort of one of the platforms where you can get your brand out there. The one thing that hasn't changed over the years is is that simple statement that everybody has a personal brand and controlling it is kind of within your hands. You know, you can you can manage how people view you. Um, but it's getting easier thanks to the Internet and social media to get your brand out there and to be understood and seen by more people. So I think that part of it is has changed definitely, and it'll probably only become even easier and even more important to manage what's out there about you. Um, so, yeah, my advice to employees would be to really stop and think about, you know, what do you want to be known for? You might have a job with very specific responsibilities. You might love it. You might aspire to something different. And think about, you know, if it is something different, think about what skills you have now that you can bring to the table. And if you want to be known for one or two, maybe three things, but cap it at that. What do you want your colleagues and your employers to think of when they think of you? That's always a great place to start. That's and then great. you can, you, you know, using social media and content, you can back that up <laughs> that way and really reinforce it. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, if I, yeah, if I was in college right now or in something else, or if I was even younger in my career, now let's just say that regulation didn't prohibit it and I could write articles and post things on LinkedIn and start and give my views, I'd be doing that immediately. There's so few people that are doing it percentage-wise that I, it blows my mind. I'm like, why aren't people doing this? Um, they work a lot very hard on other things, but sometimes this stuff falls through the cracks, but it's so important. Yeah. Um, there are no barriers. Yeah do that <laughs> exactly um what um what i know this is going to change from person to person and and obviously client to client industry to industry but what are some of the mistakes that you find as you're onboarding new clients um they were making previously um prior to working with you like some themes that arise oh that's a good question so i think i mean the main thing and the, and the reason they hire me is because they haven't really put a lot of thought into the brand. So some of my clients have been in business for decades, mm -hmm. um, but they don't have a message necessarily. Um, mm -hmm. They, <laughs> this has happened too, where their clients just aren't the right clients for them. So this is something that's really important is knowing who you want to serve and who you don't want to serve. And it's mm -hmm. easy for a business owner to think, hey, the more people, the better, right? Because then that's more money. But if you're attracting the wrong people, they're never going to be happy <laughs> no matter what you do for them mm -hmm. um, because they're coming in with expectations that just aren't aligned with what you have to offer. So really knowing and understanding that there are some people that you're going to repel and you should repel and that is okay. That's actually going to make your life much easier <laughs> and your business <laughs> run much more smoothly if those people aren't even attracted to you in the first place. So yeah, that's probably one of the biggest moments of clarity they have where they, you know, if they've been operating this business, um, and, and I see it more with my clients who have brick and mortar businesses oh, wow. than the virtual ones, because the virtual ones, they can turn on a dime. You know, the, in the online entrepreneur world, 
you can switch things up pretty quickly. When you have a brick and mortar business, it takes a little longer um, to really implement these changes. And so I think that's where it happens most often, I would say, where they, they haven't really been really strategic yet about who they want their customers to be or who they want their clients to be. And so they may have some people who are a bit disgruntled and it's, it's just not a good match. Um, and that's not, you know, no one's at fault, but there is a misunderstanding there, a miscommunication about what it is that they're offering. So getting no, really clear on who you want to serve is important. That makes perfect sense. Um, and I can see that happening. And, and they can't, you don't really just come to that epiphany unless you're working with somebody like you. It, it's, it makes perfect sense because they're, they're doing their day-to-day business. They're not focusing on something like what you just mentioned. It's not going to happen. You have to work with an expert at your cal- of your caliber to get to that point to understand what's going on. Um, I love it. Um, so, Rebecca, if somebody's listening to this and they want more information on Rebecca Moran Consulting, um, what's the best way for them to reach out? Yeah, make it easy. You can go to RebeccaHaran.com, and that's H-O-R-A-N. All right, fantastic. Well, Rebecca, I really appreciate you uh, coming on the show and giving your tips and insight uh, to the listeners. As always, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave me a review. Uh, Do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I do appreciate it. And, Rebecca, thanks again for coming on the show. 